yo, yo. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Astro Skeptic, the astrology podcast for skeptics. As you may know by now, I'm Reva, and I'm here with my beautiful and talented, intoxicating co-host Paige. <laughs> Today, you're in for a real treat. Last episode, Paige gave us a brief explanation of natal charts, you know, what they are, what's in them, and what you're really looking at. But in this episode, we're going to be taking a microscope to one very specific part of the natal chart, as Paige tells us about the elements and modalities. But before we get into that, we wanted to take a second to mention a couple things. First is our Instagram page. Please follow us at astroskepticpod, P-O-D, astroskepticpod. We will be posting show notes for each episode on there, along with some other fun and interesting content, maybe a few astrology memes, I don't know. We hope to eventually have our own website as well, but for now, all of our stuff can be found on Instagram. The second thing we wanted to mention is our dedication to transparency and documentation. Since this is a podcast for skeptics, we know and hope you won't always just take what we say at face value. So... We are going to be citing and calling out our source material when appropriate and listing sources for each episode on our Instagram and eventual website. Third, friendly reminder, we do not edit this podcast for explicit language or adult content, so listener discretion is advised. And fourth, and something that's really near and dear to my heart, I finally listened back, facing my fears of hearing my own voice, and realized that I mentioned like my casual college alcoholism twice in the first episode. And I'm not ashamed, but I just want to be very clear that it was just your standard run-of-the-mill college student partying type of alcohol consumption. Paige can attest to it. She was there for a pretty decent majority of it. It was normal. (laughs) I'm completely normal and fine. Relating back to what you just said about citing sources, in our very first episode, I briefly mentioned my father and how he first introduced astrology into my life. I need to tell you a little bit more about my dad because I'm going to be referencing a lot of his curriculum in the future, especially in this episode. My dad's name is Frank Graham. I'm going to give a brief account of his relationship with astrology, but... He can tell his full story later if he wants. As I'm positive, we will have him on as a guest in the future. His mother, my grandmother, was born in Poland in 1943. Her family was Jewish and they immigrated to the United States after World War II for obvious reasons. Once my grandmother grew up and had her own kids, she didn't really practice Judaism religiously, so my dad didn't really either. There were a few times he and I went to synagogue when I was growing up, but it wasn't anything consistent or long-lasting. My parents got divorced when I was three. Shortly after that, my father started going to AA, and as part of the 12-step program, was forced to confront his own spiritual beliefs. Through a series of events he can explain later, he discovered astrology and metaphysics and pretty much dove in headfirst. He was self-taught initially, studying mostly classic astrological texts. Eventually, he studied astrology formally under astrologer Carol Ray at the Learning Center for Astrological Studies in Lansing, Michigan. Right now, he's in the process of writing a book on the relationship between physics and spirituality, with hopes of opening his own astrology school someday in the future. If you want to learn more about him, you can go to his website at grahamspiritualservices.com. 
G-R-A-H-A-M, spiritualservices.com. There, Dad, I plugged your website. So as you can tell, my dad and I's paths are crossing right now pretty hard. As I have gone through my own spiritual journey, my dad has obviously taught me a lot, but I kind of resisted his teachings at first, especially as a teenager, as one has the tendency to do when they're looking desperately for their own independent journeys. Luckily, astrology found me again all on its own. So remember last week when we went over all the little tables of information that pop up when you generate a natal chart? Well, in this episode, we're going to be focusing on the smallest one that shows the distribution of elements and modalities in the chart. To review, this is the table with exactly 12 sections and has the letters F-A-E-W going down the left side and C-F-M along the top. Feel free to pull up Roy's chart again as a reference. And if y'all don't remember how to find his chart, simply Google Roy Gillette. That's G-I-L-L-E-T-T natal chart. Roy Gillette natal chart. And click on the result from Astro Data Bank. I'll give you a few seconds to find it. Me, 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 me. Got it? Okay, good. Now... We're going to take a momentary step back to explain the importance of the information in this table. So, in his Socratic dialogue, the Timaeus, Plato, remember him, gives an elaborate account of the formation and operation of the universe. He proposes that the universe is, from the most basic viewpoint, comprised of three realms of existence, the eternal, the finite, and something he calls the receptacle. While this sounds deep and confusing. Wait, so Paige, by the receptacle being where you throw your hopes and dreams after you realize that life is ultimately meaningless? Yes. <laughs> I knew it. Fucking Plato gets it, man. Okay, so it's actually pretty simple. The eternal world is the intangible world, the non-physical world. One could even say the spiritual world. The finite world is the physical world in which we all, as humans, live and exist. The receptacle is the space between those worlds that connects and links them together. For this episode, though, we're only concerned with the physical world, so you guys can all calm down. (laughs) I'm feeling very hyped right now. (laughs) According to Plato and many others who followed him, the physical world is comprised of four elements. Fire, earth, water, and air. I thought it was earth, wind, and fire. I'm just kidding. No, that's just the best band ever. (laughs) In astrology, the zodiac signs are also divided into these four elements because, as we've said before, as above, so below. Some people, like Roy, also call the elements the triplicities. Because it sounds fucking cool. (laughs) Because... In the Zodiac calendar, each element appears three times. So, let's start with fire. Do we have to? These are the scariest signs for me. It's just (laughs) because you don't have any fire in your chart. The fire signs are Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius. Fire is hot and represents action, movement, and vitality. In astrology, the archetype of fire is exactly the same, being the driving force of human action. Roy says that fire initiates the spark of all that is created. 
Fire energy is spontaneous and comprised of pure impulse. Fire energy is high energy, and while its presence in someone's natal chart can make them action-oriented, not all action is constructive. As you will learn throughout the rest of our fundamental episodes, there is a positive and negative side to all things. Fire is what creates and gets things done, but it can also cause lasting damage and destroy completely. That sounds nice. (laughs) Plato gives each element distinct properties relating to physics. My father's curriculum expands on this. Fire is classified as hot and dry and is measured by momentum. Astrologically speaking, when it comes to the human consciousness and soul, fire represents expression. Fire simply does. Now, to Earth. These are my people. (laughs) The Earth signs are Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn. Earth is solid, heavy, and represents the physical, material world. The archetype of Earth in astrology is comprised of the same, but also incorporates many other human-specific concepts such as money, value, and business. Earth represents stability, permanence, and endurance. Earth is where we are, what we are, and literally that which is beneath our feet. Roy specifically relates the Earth archetype to that of consumption and indulgence. While indulging in anything can bring healing and pleasure, overindulging can lead to exhaustion and self-destruction. Relating to Plato's philosophy, earth is dry and cold and measured by firmness and durability. Within the human consciousness, or soul, earth represents substance. Earth simply is. The air signs are Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius. Air is intangible and light. In the physical world, air gives us the ability to breathe, survive, and thrive. It is the atmosphere, the sky, how we fly, glide, and soar. Air is how we speak and communicate, and ultimately how we connect. The archetype of air in astrology represents thoughts, ideas, communication, intelligence, and the brain. Air is also closely associated with humor, anxiety, logic, and information. Air energy is busy and full of intellect, but as Roy warns us in his book, if channeled without regards to morality, it can be used for deception and mental manipulation. In Plato's philosophy, air is moist and hot and measured by velocity and agility. Relating to the human consciousness and soul, air represents interaction. Air simply thinks. Finally, the water signs are Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. Water is fluid and dense, the giver of life. Water connects and separates, floods and flows, and even when stagnant is highly susceptible to change. The astrological archetype of water is all about emotion and feeling. Water represents all that goes on beneath the surface, the subconscious and dreams, imagination and healing. Water is also associated with spiritual and psychic energy, always craving a deeper connection somewhere within or without. 
Our boy Roy praises water energy's ability to cleanse and soothe, but notes that a neglected buildup of water can, like our emotions, cause an eruption that leads to a flood in which we become stranded or drown. Plato's philosophy considers water to be moist and cold and is measured by density. When talking about the human soul or consciousness, water represents sensitivity. Water simply feels. Drake is a Scorpio. So I hope that makes sense for a lot of people out there. Who? Drake. Oh, Drake. Let me reread. He's a Scorpio son. I have to, you, shh. Listen. Drake is a Scorpio son. Which means a lot to me <laughs> as a fellow water sign. Wow. As a, as a Pisces man, let me tell you. It's not just your sun sign, Reva. We've been over I this. I get that. But if I am not effectively disassociating from my reality, then I am merely feeling far too much. And I feel like Drake would really understand that. <laughs> he should hit me up if he wants to talk about it sometimes. <laughs> um, anyway. Additionally... I can't help but notice that these elements are pretty quote-unquote earth-centric. And by that, I mean water, fire, air, and of course, earth, as we know it, don't exactly exist in every corner of the universe. Does that imply that the principles and elements of astrology don't necessarily apply to other planets or galaxies or, okay, I guess I'll go there, other life forms that may exist beyond our knowledge? Great question. Well, all four of the elements are what make up all of the planets and celestial objects in our solar system, in our galaxy, and everything else. So if you think about it, the sun is basically all fire and gas, which is air. The moon is all earth. A better way to understand Earth could be like dirt, rocks, etc. Earth is like substance. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Water is basically the foundation of any liquid. And while you might think, wait, but Earth is the only planet with water, right? You would be only kind of correct. Officially, yes, we haven't discovered concrete evidence of water existing on another planet on Mars or Venus, but we also haven't even physically been to Mars yet, so the jury's still out on that. However, we know for a fact that Jupiter's largest moon, Ganymede, is equal parts silicate rock, which is Earth, and water. In fact, Ganymede has an internal ocean beneath its surface that scientists estimate may contain more water than all of Earth's oceans combined. Whoa, that's wild. Okay. So going back to your question, I would have to assume that the four elements do exist in some form through the entire universe. You feel me? Yes. Okay. So modalities are going to probably feel a little more difficult to grasp to beginners and skeptics alike. But once you understand the main theory behind modalities, it should feel much easier to you. So the Cambridge Dictionary definition of modality is... A particular way of doing or experiencing something. One might even say a modus operandi. In short, a way of being. Each zodiac sign energy has one of three ways of being, meaning their energies have the fundamental properties of one of the three modalities. The three modalities are cardinal, fixed, and mutable. 
These modalities also correlate to the stages of the seasons on our planet. Cardinal signs begin a season, fixed signs are in the middle of a season, and mutable signs end the season in transition into the next. So the easiest and most precise way to describe cardinal energy is to call it initiatory energy. Cardinal energy is the kind of energy that gets things started, or as Roy says, gets the show on the road, but can sometimes struggle to see things through. Cardinal energy is often physical and involves leadership, command, and control. There is one zodiacal representation of each modality in all of the elements. The cardinal signs are Aries, Cancer, Libra, and Capricorn. Cardinal signs are full of power energy, the energy to get us going, enact change, and make moves. I just want to go back to what you said about how there is one zodiacal representation of each modality in all of the elements. That means that fire, water, air, and earth are each represented in a cardinal sign. Yep. So Aries, fire, cancer, water, Libra, air, Capricorn, earth are all a cardinal sign. The same would be true as you go through the zodiac for the next two modalities, fixed and mutable. Continue, please. Okay. Fixed energy is exactly how it sounds. Steady, settled, solid, stiff, and rigid. Fixed energy is the kind of energy that hunkers down and gets things done. It's the kind of energy behind deep research, brute force, and hard labor. Fixed energy is stable and reliable, but as Roy warns, can become sterile and inactive if unbalanced. Fixed energy is hardworking energy, the long-distance runner. The fixed signs are Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, and Aquarius. Fixed signs are loyal and opinionated with the enduring energy that never gives up. Cambridge defines mutable as able or likely to change. This definition perfectly describes mutable energy, the most flexible and adaptable energy in the zodiac. Mutable energy, at its core, is versatile. It survives. It is amicable, congenial, and helps transition from one season to the next. Mutable energy is flexible and helps to facilitate necessary change. Concerning mutable energy, Roy says, quote, it is sometimes said that these signs are less stable than the others and possess neither the single-minded will of the fixed signs nor the powerful initiative of the cardinals. On the other hand, the strength of these signs lies in their very mutability. Those born under them often have the flexibility and resilience to accept and withstand the storms of life. End quote. The mutable signs are Gemini, Virgo, Sagittarius, and Pisces. To help sort this out in your brain a little bit, I really like a passage Roy wrote in his book about the quadruplicities, aka the modalities. So cardinal, fixed, and mutable, quote, these complementary qualities or quadruplicities may be compared to the spoon, bowl, and ingredients that are all needed to prepare a cake for the oven. The various ingredients, mutable, flour, butter, sugar, eggs, dried fruit, and so on, are of little use without a mixing bowl to hold them in. 
fixed or a spoon cardinal to stir them up. Similarly, the bowl is of no use without the ingredients and the spoon, whichever quality dominates a sign for any action or life to be fully affected, all three are needed. End quote. Damn, Roy's really got it. Roy knows what's up. He dude. knows what's up. So cardinal is the spoon. Fixed is the bowl. Immutable are the ingredients. Yeah, I think that's a great analogy, honestly. Thanks, I thought so too. That's why I fancy to share. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. There you have it. The elements and modalities. Keep in mind that this is an intro episode. We will be talking so much more about elements and modalities and everything else as this podcast goes on. We just need to give it to you in little spoonfuls. Little baby pieces. Little baby snacky pieces. Yeah, so that you don't get overwhelmed. Easy to digest. Okay. (laughs) In fact, that same principle applies to everything we talk about on this podcast. The discussion is never over on the Astro Skeptic Podcast. That's either a threat or a promise. We'll let you guys decide. (laughs) So before I move on to Reva's inevitable questions, I want to briefly also mention polarity. Polarity basically describes the duality of all things. It has also been called gender, but has literally nothing to do with human biology. Polarity in layman's terms is literally yin or yang, positive or negative in terms of charge, not quality, additive or subtractive or passive or active. Each element and, in turn, zodiac sign has one of two polarities. For this podcast, we will refer to them as either masculine slash active or feminine slash passive. Water and earth signs are feminine or passive. Air and fire signs are masculine or active. The simple delineation of these terms is that masculine or active signs tend to focus their energy outward and are more self-expressive, whereas the feminine signs are more receptive and focus their energy inwards. So it's kind of like introverted or extroverted. Yeah, it's a lot like that. Okay, so just... To go back to Roy's chart that we mentioned at the beginning of the episode with the CFM and the FAEW, I see that little box here. And now we know that means cardinal, fixed, mutable, and then fire, air, earth, water. I almost said wind. (laughs) Earth, wind, and fire, for sure. Um, And so we can see what planets are in his like cardinal fire, his fixed air, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly what's happening. So we'll go over what all those little glyphs icons mean later, but every single little icon or glyph that you see in the chart or the grid, each individually represents a different planet in the natal chart. So any planet that you see in any of those sections You're able to see on the left which element they are in and on the top which modality they're in. So I see an AC and an MC in there. The AC, I am smart enough to know that that is their ascendant. And the MC is what? It's the Midheaven line, which I'll explain what that means later. Um, I wouldn't worry about it. But it's just another point of interest in somebody's chart. It's not an actual planet. It's just like a mathematical point on the chart 
Okay, cool. So, wow, I feel like I learned so many things today, Paige. So, okay, rewind for a second. So, it like, the point of having this grid here on the chart, if you're looking at Roy's chart, you can see, okay, so Roy doesn't have a lot of water. You can just look at that and say, oh, well, Roy doesn't have a lot of planets in water. Um, he's got a lot of planets in air. He's got a lot of planets that are fixed. He's got a couple planets that are cardinal, a couple that are mutable. You can kind of use those concentrations to just get like an overall quick view of what somebody's got going on in their chart. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I really hope you guys enjoyed learning about the elements and modalities of astrology. If you're new to astrology, don't let yourself be overwhelmed just yet. Everything comes with practice and repetition. One reason I love the idea of doing an astrology podcast was that the audience is able to just listen to any episode they want over and over and over again, as many times as they want which helps facilitate memory and learning. It also coincidentally helps me avoid repeating myself over and over and over again, because I can just say, just listen to the podcast, mom. <laughs> so our next episode is going to be the first in our unfiltered, unabashed Zodiac Signs series. We are going to be doing an episode of each of the Zodiac Signs one by one in order getting as detailed as we can. The series is called Unfiltered because we are going to be talking about the sign energy on a very broad level, meaning we aren't going to be talking about that sign energy when it manifests in a specific planet or in the natal chart. We're talking about the aspects and attributes of that sign in its raw unfiltered form much later on we will teach you about each planet and celestial object then we can get much more specific with the signs in planets houses etc so next week is all about aries so get ready to get hot and heavy all right um, bye good job thanks for coming to applebee see you next week join us next monday for burger night burger and a beer for ten dollars no <laughs> <laughs>